stilettos and stouts. It's been a hot minute, but we're here. We yeah. are. <laughs> Hi, Ryan. Yes. Hello, Christy. Yes, uh, I'm actually live from the brewery today. <laughs> and so. I'm in my office, which is where I spend majority of the off season. It's just yes. Normally, we're in our respective home offices or when we can't get together and do it in person. Um, but today just so happened to be a day where I needed to be at work early. So uh, Stilettos and Stouts live from the Stouts portion. Love that. <laughs> um, so since it's been a hot minute, I think what we're going to do today is kind of just do a 2023 off-season recap so far for New Jersey because Tom Fitzgerald's been busy. He has. Uh, and he's been busy in a really, really good way. There's a lot of great things that I want to talk about, um, but there's lots, so many things have happened that it almost uh, would make sense for us to do this in order. Yeah, I have, an, I think, I don't think I'm missing anything. I have like a little notebook that I have, like everything in. Um, I might've missed something while I was on vacation, so apparently I picked the worst week to go away, but we're gonna talk about that. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the very, very beginning. Andrew Burnett left. He did. And he is now Predators. He is. Um, that's, a, that's another former Devils coach uh, coaching for the Predators in some capacity. Uh, I think it was pretty clear that if the team was bad this year, they were going to turn the reins over to him. And the team was really, really good. And your superstar really, really likes the head coach. Uh, so this kind of strikes me as a very mutual parting of the ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, too, I don't know if. I don't know if you could sit down and maybe say this. Some would agree with me, some wouldn't. But I would say the power play was a, one of the weaknesses that they had last year. It wasn't yeah. as strong as I, people were expecting it to be when Brunette came in. And I'm not saying that's Brunette's fault. That could just be, you know, a cluster of, of a lot of different things. Um, but I don't think it was a massive, massive loss. And I'm happy that Brunette got the opportunity to be a head coach and kind of run his own bench. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those that was just understood that it was going one of two ways here. You were either going to move in and coach or we were going to very happily allow you to move on and coach, quite frankly. Um, it doesn't it doesn't strike me as a huge loss after seeing this year's power play. Uh, the Devils, with the addition of Toffoli on the power play, we could talk about that in a little bit. I think that changes a lot of things for them. Um, I, I think that's going to be an unsung pickup for them this year. But uh We'll get into that more. I, I don't think the loss of Brunette is um, is a net negative or a net positive. I think it is. It's one of those situations. Yeah. The next one, the media part of me is crushed. Damon Severson was traded to the Columbus Blue Jackets. I know you loved him. Uh, and he, loved I, I, I was a Damon defender, um, but not at that price. God bless you, son. Get your money. I feel so bad that he has to go <laughs> to another team that's uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be that good anytime soon. So right as the Devils are getting good and you leave, and I get it, you you got to make your money when you can make it, but man, Columbus seems like a little bit of a kick in the you-know-what. So what I can tell you is I was in Nashville. I went to visit my in-laws in Tennessee during the awards and draft week. So I was in Nashville for like a mm -hmm. day. No, I, think, I don't even think it was a two days. It was a day. And Every single media member that was that covered the Columbus Blue Jackets, I spent two and a half minutes saying how much they were going to love Damon. Yeah, so I was promoting this kid left and right from like the media perspective. You're going to adore working with him. Again, 
I, I kind of agree with you. I feel bad in the respect that he spent, you know, the first so many years on a rebuilt Devils team. And now you're going to Columbus where, listen, I think Columbus is vastly improved from last year, you know, between what they did in the draft and the signings that they've made. I think they are a better team. Um, but this is obviously not a standing cup contending team. No. So I feel bad in that respect that he put in all these years with New Jersey and now he's kind of back to where he started a little bit. But at the same time, you're not a hockey player for a long time. No. This is not a career that has longevity to it. So make your money. And as much as people trash Ohio and Columbus, I have heard that the arena there and where it's situated in Columbus is actually gorgeous. Columbus like, is cool. Yeah, I hear Columbus really is cool. Columbus. Yeah, so, good for you. You know, he mentioned about a place where where him and his wife could you know start a family. It's mm-hmm. a good spot for that. So wishing Damon nothing comes up. Yeah, and this is his contract too. Like it's he doesn't get another kick at the can at this kind of a money. This is this is his time to make his you know generational wealth essentially. If he's smart with his money, his kids are set up. Yeah. So. So disappointing in a locker room standpoint happy that you know him and his wife are going to have this new journey in columbus yes the next one which i think everyone had a big sigh of relief when this was done yes the brat was refined at under eight million dollars praise praise hallelujah this is i think this is i'm looking at cap friendly right now uh he's the third highest paid player on the team you could argue maybe Nico deserves to be the third highest paid player on the team, but he's only making 500 grand more than Nico. This is fair for all parties involved. And, and I, I do have a tendency to believe the uh, Fitzgerald puts the deal on the table and it says, do you want to be a part of this or not? Take it or leave it. Uh, it seems like that's kind of been his MO as he's started to build the groundwork of a dynasty here. And giving guys like Jesper Brett $9 million a year is how you don't build a dynasty. Well, and I think too, right, when, and I'll actually, I'll get to this point a little bit later, but when you look Mm -hmm. at Brad's contract, and you can actually tell me if I'm wrong because I don't have it in front of me, his contract decreases, correctly? Yes, his, yeah, his, his yearly, his uh, yearly, yeah, his yearly um, decreases drastically. Uh, He goes from, so yeah, his, so a lot of his deal is in, um, signing bonus money, which protects him if there's a work stoppage from what I understand. So like actual dollars, he's making 5 million, 4 million, 4 million, 6 million, 2.2, 2.2, and it doesn't go past uh, 28, 29. But total salary, it's uh, 10 million, 9 million, 9 million, 8 million, 7272. 7, so a lot of that is in, um, is in signing bonus that he'll get as a lump sum over the summer. See, I love that it decreases. Mm-hmm. As the player gets older, I, I said to my husband, I'm like, that's actually the part of the contract that I love the most. Because as we said, sometimes you have these contracts, and I guess Dougie would be a good example, is they have that straight salary, you know, across the entire term. And then when you get into those later years, if you try to move them or look at Eric Carlson right now, it's almost impossible to move them. Yeah. And it gets tricky too, right? Because then there's the actual dollars, but then what they count against the cap and all these situations. So you get a, a in the end, it, it is set up better to move him towards the end of the deal. I believe he has a, a some sort of no movement clause that kicks in. He does. He's got a no movement that kicks in for the 24-25 season. 
And then at 2829, it's a modified no trade, no movement. So he'll get to submit a list. So they can move him towards the end of this deal if they decide they want to. Because my whole thing, and I, one of the first podcasts that I did, one of the girls said this, and I think it makes a lot of sense. You see GMs hand out eight-year contact uh, contracts like candy. And she always said, she's like, eight-year contract, like max contracts should be for very specific players. They shouldn't be handed out to everybody. Correct. And I, and I, and I agree with that. I don't think that every player should get an eight-year contract. So for me and my purposes, I like when they when you kind of see that decrease over time because it correlates it's going to end up correlating with the player's performance. Yeah, I think for it, sure. it starts to decrease. It's just the name of the game. Uh, the next one, they hired Travis Green to replace Andrew Burnett. Yeah, and I don't know a ton about him. Uh, he's a Western Conference guy for the last few years. We don't see them very much. I'm very rarely up at eleven o'clock at night to watch. West Coast hockey games. Um, but yeah, from what I can tell, he seems like a power play specialist as far as coaching goes. Uh, I We got to fix this power play. Uh, the, the amount of talent on this team, there's no excuse that they're not just lighting it up. This team should be wild on the power play this year. And if they're not, somebody's should be held accountable, quite frankly. Yeah, I really liked him during his media uh, ability. <laughs> Um, I, he seems like a really nice guy, so I'm excited to see what he is going to be able to bring to the team and bring to yeah. the because, like we said, there's too much talent on that. Oh, god, to not be having at least one power play goal. Oh, yeah, yeah. After we talk about the signings and, and trades, we can talk about who's going to play where on the power play. Um, and it's it's wild, it, it's it's wild. Insane. The next one, you know, this is my favorite. Eric Hall resigns. Yeah, love that. Love that for all parties involved. Um, that is huge for a guy who's struggled to find a home. Seemed like he fit in in New Jersey, and uh, you're going to see a theme with the the Devils who were resigned, who were basically like, "Yeah, I'll come back, but just make it work." And for me. I love the evolution of Eric Paula and the Devils fan base. Like, oh, me too. What a me too. It's my favorite. Wild ride that was. <laughs> it's so funny. And I'll joke with people because listen, like fans are fans. You're gonna do what you're gonna do. Like, have fun with it. But there were a couple that like DM me that I had fun with, and I'm like, because they're like, oh yeah, like Uncle Eric's back. And I said, weren't you the same person that wanted him traded back in October? Oh, I deal with so much of this. Having a heart attack because he was on a line with Jack Hughes, and you even question the sanity of Jack Hughes for wanting to play with him. Like, are you yeah. not the same? And they would laugh and be like, "Well, they're like, yeah, but he grew on me." And I was like, "That's that's the point." Well, the point that I think we made very consistently throughout the season is, boy, was he in the right spot at the right time pretty often. And there's no way, there's no way a professional hockey player stays that snake bitten for a complete season. It's just not possible. The, the numbers don't work. Yeah, and I think just his overall, you know, really saying how much he wants to be part of this team and just the commitment and things like that. I'm really happy that Eric's back. Good for his family. Um, yeah, and honestly, same. one of my favorite things is when I'm in the tunnel after the game, you you know, you see, you see the hockey players on the ice. You know, if I have my binoculars, I can kind of see them interact on the bench. Then you go into the locker room, and after a loss, you kind of see the anger and – 
the way that I would describe Eric is he's very honest, but I would say maybe certain times he kind of, he wears his heart on his sleeve and mm-hmm. he's always professional when he meets with the media. I've never had an issue with him, but you could tell he cares. And that's why I'm saying he wears his heart on his sleeve is because he cares and you know, you could see it. And I love when I'm in the tunnel after, you know, they shower and they change. I'll see his wife and his son. And I see his son run up to him after the game. It's like everything's in the in the back burner and now your dad. Oh. He hugs his son. It's just like the cutest little family moment. And I love seeing those interactions where it's like it's like anybody else, right? You have a bad day, you put it aside, and now you're your family man. Like now your dad, now your husband, now your boyfriend. And I love seeing kind of that quick transition. And especially with him and his son, they're so cute together. That's adorable. Yeah, he seems like a great guy. He seems like a super, super great guy. Like, if I was on a hockey team, that's the kind of guy I would like to play with. I like someone who's going to let you know when they're pissed off after a loss or, like, but you know, not illogical about it, but, like, take it take it seriously. You're a professional. You should care. Yeah, and he definitely does care, and that's why I'll always tell certain people, you know, when people ask me, I'm like, there's just – there's always value that, you know, you might not say, but it's there and you could see the body language. You could see how they, you know, talk. Um, so really, really happy that Eric Hall is back. This one I thought was a no brainer because he was just getting pushed down, you know, the pipeline. Riley Walsh got traded to Boston. Yeah. He's out of waivers. You're good. You were going to lose him. He wasn't, he wasn't going to pass through waivers after training camp anyway. Um, so, and I think when he's posted on Instagram, I think there's a picture of baby Riley in a Boston Bruins jersey. So that's always exciting. I always kind of like when life happens full circle like that. Oh, good for him. That's adorable. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. And with Nemich and Luke, it just pushed him further down. You know, I felt yeah. like he was kind of in a category where he was very similar to Nikita, where we had him and it was good to have him, but you kind of saw the writing on the wall that. You're now exp- you're now expendable because of what else we have in the organization. Yep, pretty much. Another trade happened Mackenzie Blackwood again. A situation where I think the writing was on the wall for everybody. Yeah, um, I, good for you for getting something for an RFA you had no interest in resigning. Yeah, so. and I jumped, <laughs> I jumped on to Mackenzie's uh, introductory media availability for San Jose. And he was, I asked him about, you know, how he would reflect on his time in New Jersey. And he had nothing but real positive things to say. And it's, you know, you hear this from every player. It's the first organization that gave me a chance. And I do agree when Fitzgerald spoke and saying kind of like pre-pandemic, he was a different goaltender. Yeah, I agree. He's a different goaltender. And for him to be able to hopefully get back to that, nothing but the best for him. Again, he was a really nice guy, but the writing was on the wall. You kind of saw that that was going to, happen and I think people don't realize how good a change of scenery can be for certain players oh yeah absolutely I mean I'm a Yankee fan so I see it constantly with guys uh Joey Gallo is the most recent one who comes into New York and just is a black hole of not success go immediately goes somewhere else starts hitting the ball again um Sonny Gray as another example could not get anybody out in New York otherwise very excellent pitcher (laughs) so The other thought I had when I was writing an article about him, and I said, I, I don't know if this actually matters to athletes, but from the outside perspective, I thought about this. He's mm-hmm. going to a team that is not going to have a high expectation next year because no. they're in a rebuild of, of some sort, right? You got to figure out what they're going to do with Eric Carlson, but this is a team that no one is expecting to compete, and it's not in a Canadian market. It's not in an original six market. 
And I kind of thought about it and I said, this could actually be the perfect reset for him because he's not going to have a lot of pressure on himself, like outward pressure on him to perform. Yeah, I agree. Has an expectation. This isn't him going to Vancouver or Toronto or go to a team that is projected to be on the cusp of the playoffs and it's going to come down to really good goaltending to get them in. I think this is a great landing spot for him to really find his game in maybe a low pressure environment. I, I, w- I was going to say the exact same thing. So you you nailed it. It's a perfect spot for him. Yeah, I agree with that. Now we can get to your excitement. <laughs> can I just say, actually, as a side note, I was in Nashville during, and whenever I stepped out to go to lunch or to dinner, a trade happened that day. And I kind of had a moment where I was having a panic attack. And then I said, sometimes you have to laugh at life and you need boundaries. And I'm just going to enjoy the people that I'm with. That I've never, you know, I'm never with them in person. And I had to let it go, which is why all my articles are a little late, but we're working on it. <laughs> Fully got acquired by New Jersey. Yes. I am a huge Tyler Toffoli fan. Ryan is so happy right now. Huge. I've liked him for a long time. <laughs> so this is not quite Timo Meyer level, but like he's one of those non-devils who I've always watched and been like, God, I love him on my team. And you know, I think what's interesting too for me is he won his Stanley Cup his first year in the league. Yes. And again, from my perspective, and I haven't talked to him about this, but I would think there's a difference in you have somebody like Velsky, Brendan Smith, Eric Holla that have been in the league and have not won and have that drive to win that championship. Then you have a guy like Tyler Toffoli, who didn't have that struggle, who came into the league rookie year, year one, and hoisted the Stanley Cup. And I think there's, I want to say there's a difference. And I think Tyler Sagan even talked about this because he won in Boston in his rookie year. And he was saying that you don't realize how hard it is to win because you played one year and you won. Yeah. Don't go through the trials and the hard losses. You just show up as a kid and all of a sudden your name's on the Stanley Cup. So I'm interested in seeing how his perspective on winning and how all that merges into a locker room that only has Palat as a Stanley Cup champion. And Palat had to wait later in his career to get it. So I'm wondering if there's a difference in how you look at the playoffs, considering you won so early and didn't have to go through the challenges that an Eric Hall has to do it. But then, I, I would. Am I no, it does. It does. It does. I, I think there's two different perspectives, right? There's the veteran that's never won, that's hungry to win. And then there's the, the guy who wins young, doesn't realize that this isn't like – Oh, we're gonna do. We're just gonna do this. We're ju- this is just a thing that we do, right? And so, four or five years after you win that cup, your rookie year, say, you know, now you're like, oh, this is hard. Like this is real hard to get back and do this again. Um, I-, I would think, I would think to Foley, if he if he comes here, fits in, has a solid year, I could see him as a guy who would take a, t- a more team friendly ish deal to stick around and be a part of this. I think you're gonna see lots of um, veterans in their early thirties trying to get here to be a part of this. Um, this makes our power play wildly different. Um, I actually have a little diagram here, so I'm going to go through something real quick. Your net front guy is going to be Timo Meyer. That's pretty obvious, right? Your, your guy in the, 
uh, left bumper one-timer position is going to be Toffoli, right-handed shot, right? Opposite that is going to be Brat on the other side, left-handed shot. And then playing catch at the point is going to be Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton. Have fun stopping that. Have fun. That's wild. That's Every guy on the ice can shoot it past you at any moment. That's crazy. That's something for Devils fans to look forward to. And crazy, crazy. When the, with the five that you selected, you still don't have Nico. No, hold on. We can, we can even, we can do power play two here. Also, <laughs> we power play two is almost as good um, because that is going to be. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Who's going to be my fifth guy here? Let's see, let's see, let's see. I mean, you can make it. All right, so you can have your your power play two could be Dawson Mercer. Nico, uh, Eric Halla, you could use Palat here if you wanted to on the point, um, and uh, Luke, have fun, have a good time. <laughs> yeah, going back, and this is just me, that you just made me realize, <laughs> something. I, the one thing just laugh. that Damon Severson brought to the table, and I'm not sure who's going to be able to replicate this off the top of my head, is that stretch pass. Yeah, he was very good at that. That's I watched a lot of Michigan hockey this past season. Um, at, at that Luke Luke is a stretch pass guy, big time, big time, big time. He was springing Fantilli all season long, um, so that'll be super duper exciting. Um, but I, I know we have a couple more moves to go through here, and not a lot of time to do it in. Okay. I, I think we've yeah. got the biggie coming up, right? We have yeah, we have a couple. The next one is going back the other way for. Foley, and you know I had this fire in. Yegor Sharangovich was the odd man out. Yeah, we talked I about this. this. As soon as they got Timo, too, it became even more evident. Uh, and and I don't I don't think it's a lack of, of talent or effort for that guy. He's he's got a great shot. I wish he uses it more. He's an excellent penalty killer. Um, he seems like a genuinely good dude. It seems like he loves living in America too. He stays here in the off seasons. Um, he just it gives him a, gives him a chance to play. You know, send him up to Calgary, let him play. And yeah, and that's what when I looked at this move, I said, and I think I wrote this at this point in time. Sharon Govich was a luxury for the Devils, but not necessarily a necessity. And during his end of season media availability, he you know kind of said about you know a lot of guys you know stepped up and his ice time decreased and his role changed. And when I look at Calgary, who's kind of a little bit of a mess right now, yeah, he's probably going to get top six minutes at some point. Yeah. Maybe not consistently, but I think there's an opportunity for him to play. Because when you look at Sharon Govich, you get the best version of him when he was playing with Jack, when he's playing with that top-end talent, and he was yep. not doing that in New Jersey. He was he not can. cracking top six. I don't, honestly, I don't think he cracks his top nine if everybody's healthy. Like, and ever. then you have a fourth line that's going to be probably Moncad and Bastion, who we'll get to in a second, and Lazar or maybe Nolan. Yeah, I mean, you got a good fourth line. So Sharon Govich, I think, kind of a Blackwood for me at least. I saw the writing on the wall that he yeah, was, the, the writing was on the wall. Next, Timo Meyer resigned. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, good. Excellent. Now I just need to know if it's going to be 96 or 28 because I'm getting me a team of Meyer jersey, dude. 
I guess we'll find out in a, <laughs> a training camp. I love that he was just non I actually can see him keeping the um, 96. I could too. It's his number with the Swiss national team also. Yeah, and like new era, new team. I can kind of, I could see him sticking with that as like his New Jersey era if for the Taylor Swift fans out there. Yeah, 96 is a cool looking number on the ice. But the, the problem you're going to run into is if 96, 86, and 56 are all on the ice, from where I sit, I'm – I'm clearly visually impaired. It's tough. <laughs> it gets yeah, difficult. Uh, yeah, same from the press box. Uh, <laughs> you have to learn the details of how they skate so that you can identify. Yep, them. exactly. Hollis got like this weird hippie thing he does. Timo's big and Jack's tricky. But if they're just gliding, it's hard. It is because they all look oddly enough from that. I mean, again, Branch Center has the highest press box, I think, in the entire league. They all look the same size. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Even where I sit in uh, in 117, I'm down low in 117, and it's still tough to tell. It's so tough. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll group these two together, and I just love that they have their media availability at the same time. Oh, me too. Cloud are back. The, the dynamic duo has returned. The super, the super best friends are back. Everybody. Good for them. Um, I, I, I think they fit perfect on this team. I love what McLeod has done to make himself – the the valuable NHLer that he's become when it became clear he wasn't going to be uh, a top tier talent in the league he took his abilities and focused on what was going to matter for him and turned himself into a valuable useful NHLer I love players like that um, and and I just you know I think he's one of those guys you're going to see consistently raise their game in the playoffs uh, I, I think. In a lot of ways, McLeod and Bastion could kind of become the new um, uh, Pendolfo and Madden kind of a pairing on the bottom line, bang around, get you the important goal in the playoffs, kill the penalties, win that faceoff. You absolutely have to win. Um, yeah, two good players who also both were like, yeah, yeah, no, no, we're good. We'll come back. Just, yeah, just, like don't, just don't screw us. Just don't screw us. I love it when Nate said that. Nate was like, yeah, for sure I'll that we want to come back so he kind of had the upper hand there <laughs> yeah and i think that's great and i think you're seeing a lot of that now with your your a lot of the goalie scuttlebutt and things along those lines you hear people saying like new jersey new jersey new jersey new jersey because again we are sitting here with a full roster a full roster and 5.6 million dollars still available in cap space if you want to go out and make a move for a goalie i get it I would love to avoid um, Hellebuck on an extension. <sighs> Gibson kind of scares me a little bit. I, I know some people who live out there that are Devils fans uh, are really high on him and are like, he's on a bad team. He's not motivated. And it's like, cool. So if he's on a bad team and not motivated, I'd rather him not be on my team. Um, so well, from that standpoint. I watched – um, a good amount of teams around the league this year, including the Ducks. And what I will say is Gibson was on a very bad team. Oh, they're terrible. They were they they did not have a good year last year. The you know, <laughs> a guy like Trevor Zegris, and you know, you kind of understand when you see a player like that who's such, you know, a shocking star to watch in the offensive zone because he's doing all these crazy moves, but you kind of realize how important a 200 foot game is. And that's why yeah. you have a player like Dawson Mercer, who might not be as flashy but he has that responsible 200-foot game. Gibson made some fantastic saves last year. 
And a lot of times with him, I think it was really the team kind of let him out to dry a little bit. So I'm not – I think Gibson is better than what the masses think he is. And I think, again, change of scenery, rejuvenated. I think that Gibson is a, a – I think he can give you solid goals on I'm not saying he's going to be a Vezina finalist, but I think yeah. – I, I don't disagree with you. My problem I have regarding him is the four years left at the money that's left on his deal. You would need Anaheim to literally eat half that contract. And even then, for four years, it scares the absolute crap out of me. I, I you, You've done such a good job. And I think we talked about this a lot at the trade deadline. Like You've done such a good job crafting this roster to a point where you have a complete roster. I'm looking at it. That is a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And you've got almost $6 million available in cap space. Uh, I would love to see that get weaponized at the trade deadline, if need be. It's, for my money, I'd love to roll it back with Vanacek. Schmid is the backup as a 1-1-A situation. Go out and get yourself some AHL help if you think you need it. I know they just signed Jeremy Brodeur. Um, so maybe that is the route that, that Fitzgerald is taking. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't think that, I think it's a massive overreact. I, I, I need to see that VTech is either the VTech of the first 60% of the season and he's just didn't understand how the longevity play was going to work with being a starter for the first time. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just, I think that would be a fool's errand to go out and spend a lot of money on that. Uh, just, I'm going to pull up his contract here real quick. Let me find him um, for Gibson, just just so that we are accurate here. Um, wow, the Ducks have 30 million in cap space. Holy crap! Holy crap! <laughs> wow. Yeah, Gibson is 6.4 for the next four years, and he will be 30 before the season starts. So. The numbers of goalies in the NHL after 30, this is another discussion I got into uh, with some folks on Twitter. Uh, it's, the, it's the modern goaltending style is really hard on your knees and hips, uh, more so than in the past, especially Devils fans all think of Marty. And you have to also remember that that was one, one of if the, the best goaltender of all time. You're never going to get him again. It's not happening. Um, but the De Devils fans are so prone to overreact. And even Marty avoided those pads until, what, the last maybe two years of his career. He's like, I don't understand it. These kids are going to kill their bodies. And what do you see? Goalies at 30, 31, 32 with hip problems. And once a goalie gets a hip problem, you're done. It's over. Yeah. The, yeah that's, that's it. Uh, the last acquisition that Fitzgerald made uh, is Colin Miller. Yep. A really depth defenseman. He this is your. This is yet. your. Yeah, sorry to step on you there. My bad. Uh, this is your Simon Nemich doesn't have to play in the NHL protection. That's what yeah. this is. And again, this, great. You, don't, you don't rush defensemen, especially no. one that was the best defenseman in his draft class. Let's be real. Luke's gonna play. They're gonna. They're gonna start Luke at the NHL level. I'll be genuinely shocked if he suits up for Utica ever. I yeah. really will be genuinely that's a fair point and going switching over to Luke because we don't have that much time left we'll just talk about the two players that have moved on from New Jersey and have signed new contracts one of them yep. being Graves good for him get your money 
He's a player I would have loved to keep. To keep uh, the Kevin Ball, I think, really made him expendable. Um, Ball's a current RFA. I believe he has arbitration rights, although no, he does not have arbitration rights. They just tendered him. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Cap Friendly says he doesn't. I mean, there's a guy, if he goes out there and improves again this year, he's going to earn himself a contract that you're going to rather pay that 24-year-old next year than you would have rather paid 32-year-old Adam Gra- uh, Ryan Graves this year. So, Also, you have to think, too, Ball can play both sides. He can. He can. And, and if he really uses, learns to use that body, uh, one of the things you're going to miss with Graves is the block shots on the PK. He was a shot-blocking machine last year. Uh, and I, I think Kevin Ball's got a very similar body to him, if not a little beefier than Graves. Graves was a long, lanky guy. Correct me if I'm wrong. In the locker room, was he a, a, not a like big physical? Um, yeah, he was on the, the thinner side. Like for his size, I'm saying. Um, yeah. um, I would actually oh – God, it's been months. But I would say him and Ball are actually pretty equivalent. Right, but Ball's, Ball's almost 10 years younger than him. Yes. So I'd, I'd rather spend my cap money there. Um, yeah. That's just is what it is. Um, so, yeah, you know, good, good. Thank you for coming. Thank you for playing here. I, I liked you, but I have money to spend elsewhere. <laughs> and then we're going to switch over to a guy that, again, great guy. I don't know anybody who cared more about the team in that locker room than him, but fans seem to have their issues is Miles signed with Colorado. For six years. Six years. years, 2.5 million. Okay. He he said, you know, during his media availability uh, with Colorado, was that the term was, you know, important to him, that, you know, have that, I guess, stability. And I tweeted this out because I, what I find interesting is you don't know which GMs are kind of watching certain players. Mm-hmm. That was the same thing with Fitzgerald when they got Graves. He was saying that Graves was on their radar for a while. And I always find it interesting to see which players are on which team's radar. And yeah. I said that, you know, Colorado's GM told him that Miles was a player that they watched for a while and they were really happy to finally sign him. And all the comments were just so, like, mean. And I'm like, but I think you're missing the point. It was more the fact that they were – I could see Miles being valuable to a lot of teams. Oh, so could I. I just think he. Re- I think his course ran here. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I. You have Curtis, and again, this organization speaks so highly of Nolan Foot, and you know that Nolan Foot, you know, his development is him working on becoming a bottom six NHLer, and it's like GMs always say: you can either re-sign the guy that's more expensive but if you have a more affordable option in the organization that's what you're going with and i think for i think between curtis and nolan they had a miles wood replacement ready to go so it just they did they did indeed um so yeah i I, again that's how you stay good you don't waste your cap on these bottom six or fourth line guys right like if you've got two and a half million tied up in miles wood when you could have uh, real Curtis Lazar for a million is not that different of a player. He's not as quick, but like, yeah, it only the, the quickness only matters if you're converting on those breakaway chances. I'd love for someone to do a breakdown of Miles Wood breakaway chances versus actually converted breakaways because I bet you it's shockingly low. It could be shockingly, I'm, shockingly low. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I don't have that kind of time on my hands. Yeah, I, I unfortunately don't either. 
But uh, yeah, the only two that we're waiting on to see what's going to happen is Boquist is apparently going to be moving on. I'm not yeah, sure. He's gone. I actually would really like to see him in Columbus. With I was going to say the same thing. That'd be a lot of fun for both of them. Yep. And we don't know what's going on with Tatar. And the last thing I'll say on this episode, because people DM me and ask, because you don't hear any speculation about Tatar. Tatar's not in any rumors. I spoke to Tatar's agent, who is a lovely man, by the way. We, I, we spoke on the phone. He does not speak to media. He does not speak to reporters. This is an agent that wants to just do his thing and represent his client. That is why we have not heard an update on Tatar. Which cool. I respect as an agent. He's putting his clients first. I don't see him fitting on this team. Uh, I just don't. I just don't see where he fits. But I don't. I, I thought he was useful for the last couple of years. If they wanted to bring him back and justify it, it was a small number, maybe. But yeah, I don't see him coming back either. Yeah, we will continue this episode next time because we are actually out of time. <laughs> we are indeed. Yeah. So we will see you guys later. See you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.